Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now, your starting lineup, Roscoe, the Fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. <sighs> okay, we're here, we're back. I'm sorry for the wait, everybody. Hashtag sorry for the wait, as Lil Wayne says. Um, I've been working overnights. I've now done that movie. For those of you that are new here, Subby and I both work in the uh, Hallmark Christmas film world. So uh, <laughs> sometimes we're a little wrapped up during game time, and it kind of delays our episodes. I promise it won't happen that often. It's only when our filming happens overnight, which this last one did, which happens like once or twice a year. Anyway, hi. Welcome to Leafs Late Nights. <laughs> I don't want to ramble too long. Um, I'm Roscoe. I'm joined by Darty. It's never hey. too late for the Leafs. We're presented by Inside the Rink. Uh, just for a little context here, um, further to what I was just saying, we just finished our movie at uh, 2 a.m. last night or this morning, however you want to frame it. I guess it's after midnight now, so it's last night. Um, we had our party tonight, so Roscoe's a little tipsy. <laughs> Roscoe's also dressed as Ricky from Trailer Park Boys. So uh, let's preface this with uh, a big old Atotaso, because uh, Atotaso about Michael Bunting. But oh, we'll get there. Snap. Um, yeah, I didn't <laughs> want a Atotaso, but I just was throwing out a random. Here, you know what? Fuck it. Let's start there. So Leafs have lost. Uh, all of this road trip since Winnipeg. It's not been fun um, for those of us in the Eastern time zones. It's not been fun to stay up to watch these things. Luckily, Saturday and Sunday were earlier games, but to stay up till one in the morning to watch them lose uh, and play like shit has just not been fun. So further to what I said, and I'll let Darty talk here in a sec. I swear I'm just drunk. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm not. Drunk. No, go, this is a go off, Roscoe. Go um, off. We want to hear. I want to hear what you have to say, man. Go for it. So I asked the question right before the season started, what if Michael Bunting can't keep up what he did last year? You know, he was in the race for the Calder, regardless of his age and regardless of what other teams uh, had to say about the fact that he was eligible for it. I said, what if this guy who had a flash season of, uh, of a spark with Matthews and Marner, what if he can't keep it up? You know, just what if, because Dubas got lucky there in signing somebody for a very, very, very low contract because Arizona uh, deemed him unusable, or at least uh, if they were to keep him, maybe he would become unaffordable for them. I don't know what their whole deal was. But anyway, Dubas was able to snipe up Michael Bunting at a great deal. We all loved it last year. But my question to all of you before the season started was, what if this doesn't continue? <laughs> I didn't want to be a toe-to-so right about this, but... I mean, not that anybody's playing up to their own standard, but we have seen people now shifted around to the first line as though Michael Bunting does not have this position in the bag like every night, as though last year was, or as last year was. So, Darty Broder, I want to ask you, what do you think is going to be the uh, the fate of Michael Bunting? Do you think he can turn this around, or do you think this is uh, now an open slot again on the first line? So I'm just going to preface this by saying that my dog is trying to start a scrap with the cat. 
So you may have heard that in the background on our floor. <laughs> they're uh, they're doing a little face off oh, right Lordy. now. It's it's very much like uh, um, like George LaRock versus. <laughs> it's like oh man, this is like I guess like Tai Domi. <laughs> oh, just on that, did you see Max Domi had seventeen penalty minutes the other night, taken after Dad. I did Love not it. see that, but I have heard a lot of, okay, I have learned, I'm going to get back to your question, but I have heard tell from a lot of uh, Leafs Nation that there's a, at least a solid portion that want him on this team, and there's also a solid portion that really think that's a stupid idea. <laughs> I understand the nostalgia factor of it. Um, he has had a good start to the season, but like I said, uh, I think the thing that Leaf fans are most interested in is what Domi brought to the team, which is sticking up for the stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, Domi stuck up for his own stars the other night and got in two fights, maybe three of that 17 minutes. It must have been three in a minor. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just somebody that's there that is effective offensively and also doesn't take shit. And I think that's something that the Leafs... Well, it's a good segue, right? Because Michael Bunting, every time. Michael Bunting is someone that doesn't take shit, all right. And I think that no, that, you're right. That's someone that you do want with Matthews because I don't want to see Ragdoll Matthews anymore. Like when we 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 had that game where he was literally grabbing, getting horse collared and thrown around, and you know, I don't know. It just it was said a lot of what's going on right now. If we're gonna put package this into a very nice. Like, I don't even know where to begin, right? So this is why this is like this question, like involves so many different answers from myself, because I want to preface everything, you know, again, preface everything by saying that, like, I might do a little heel heel turn here. And I know I have a lot of good friends out there who live in lollipop land, who absolutely adore the Leafs and they can do no wrong. And you know what? I want to give a huge shout out to them because I've been such a grump. I've been such an asshole. I've said some terrible, terrible, mean, awful things about this Leafs team and particular players that today I'm going to to find absolutely every single positive I can because you know what? These guys, do they deserve it? Darty says no, but I'm going to give you the positives because I don't think there's anything else we can fucking do. All right. If I, if we can't, you know, I said, run it back. We all said, run it back. And I made a post about this. So if the, if we said, run it back, then by Jove, are we running it the fuck back? No matter what happens. By no, Joe Bowen. <laughs> by Joe Bowen. All right. We're running it back, all right? Holy Mackinac, we are running it back. And why? Because even if this bus has only one wheel and there's fucking sparks flying on the 401, <laughs> we are going to run it back whether we like it or not. So positives here? Because we don't have the money to fix the other three <laughs> wheels at this point. You've doubled down on this bus. And if all the wheels start to fall off, you've banked on the fact that you're not going to be able to replace them. And like, the wheels that you've got are good enough. We're like lightning. And that's actually a good analogy because there are four of them that are kind of the core of this team. And we're like Lightning McQueen, at, you know, on that first race where he gets cocky, he doesn't want to change his tires. And at the end, uh, you know, he's got to stick his tongue out, just <laughs> his, uh, you know, anthropomorphic tongue as <laughs> a fucking car <laughs> to, to just tie the race, right? And that's like kind of, that's actually a pretty good, like if you have seen the movie, it's a pretty good analogy of the Leafs, right? We're cocky. We think we should win, so we just go out and do whatever the, you know, do whatever the hell we want, and not follow the tried and the true. And then, uh oh, you know, reality comes to bite us in the ass. So Michael Bunting, we're talking about Michael Bunting now. If Keith is not going to change that line, you know, we they've moved Bunting around, and I don't think Bunting was that great. But again, it's we have very limited, we have very limited uh, data on this, right? Like I just. If he's not going to move, if he's not going to move Marner and Matthews around, who the fuck else do you want up with Marner and Matthews Robertson? Like that'd be that would be good. I know, but, but 
what where what do what is that's the thing what is here's a bigger question what is wrong with martin matthews because obviously they can still score they're not scoring at some you know tommy gun pace that we're we're known to see them like they're they're not absolutely phenoms right now they're scoring at a very level right and we need we we would love more if these guys were you know going out there getting two goals you know on their own at night I don't think we'd be having any issues, right? If Matthews was scoring two, three goals one night, Martyr's going out there getting two goals. Like this game, Willie got a ton of apples. I didn't see, like, I saw so much grit and determination from from Marner. I actually, I want to shout to Mitch Marner's that like, a lot of people calling him a pussy. I did too. But upon further review, when it comes to Mitch Marner, I think that he's just something's in his head, and it can't. And it's not just like this. You know, it's not just Leafs Nation, all right. There's got there's these guys don't give a fuck about us <laughs> as much as we like to think they do, all right. They don't. So it's not like he could sit there and lo- look at all the angry memes and all that. I don't think he gives a fuck about that. What, there's something else going on there that like maybe it's got a case of the yips or something. But he needs he needs to get it going because I think as soon as he gets it going, Matthews is going to get it going. Do you not agree? I think I don't think it's on Matthews at this point. It's it's really once once Marner gets the you know he's on that line. They obviously won't make them. They won't separate them. So as soon as Marner starts to get going, that line will double, almost triple in production. Yeah, and I, and I guess because we started this on bunting, just to take it back to that, it's almost unfair to put the pressure on him when the he's making less than a million dollars, and the other two guys collectively are making like twenty three. So. Yeah like I get it as soon as they start clicking of course Bunting's numbers go up with that that's the point of him being there is like he's kind of the guy to go into the corners and set them up but as much as he can set them up they're not finishing it yet there's a lot of you know just to take from I'm I'm not trying to echo everything they said but um, Dangle and the guys pointed out um, an interesting point about how in the regular season, these guys are not looking to get hurt, right? Mm-hmm. Like they don't want to injure themselves when we've put so much emphasis on the regular season doesn't matter. It's all in the playoffs. So what we've seen a lot from these guys is they're taking shots from the outside, which are easy to defend, easy to block. And that's what we've been seeing from other teams is they can just collapse in front of the net, block a shot, and they turn it around the other way mm-hmm. because nobody's really crashing the net. No one's putting themselves in high danger positions because none of them want to get hurt right now. That's a really also, good There's point. enough guys already hurt on defense and enough guys hurt between, you know, Matt Murray and their borderline healthy uh, other two goalies. So it's, if this is like, just to be optimistic, if this is just them protecting themselves while so many guys are hurt and they can't afford to lose anyone, Fine. Like if you guys are going to turn it back on once you start getting, you know, Lilligren back and, and I don't know what's going to go on with Muzzin, but and Murray know, once too. the I don't defense know start getting healthy long, again, I don't think these guys, you were talking about, talking about goaltending. These guys obviously made a big deal about goaltending, right? They made a huge deal about it. In fact, if we are listening to the, you know, cause I'm, I'm uh, public enemy number one when it comes to hating Mitch Marner. All right. If we're going to say that there's a reason why these guys are pissy, it's probably because they don't have good goaltending. All right. They've had Samsonov. That's one guy. They've dealt with one guy for seven years now. They need, <laughs> they need, they need a one exactly. A and one B. Right. So of course they're still going to be cheesed about it. My biggest thing, as I was saying before in the last episode about how these guys need to stop being shameless and because I don't believe that they are. If we're going to say that this is the this is the shameless moment that I hope that they're not taking part in is that these guys need to get a fucking reality check if they're upset about Jack Campbell, all right? You can't be making that much money and then be pissed at the fucking GM that like, he couldn't keep your your goaltender. Like 
that's if that's the story we're going with, right? Because that's that's what we're hearing. That's what Fridge is saying, right? Fridge very rarely talks out of his ass. Very, like he, he he's like of all the people, he will talk it out of his ass the least. All right, and but he does. But like some of these the like, stuff with it comes to Leafs Nation and stuff like that. It's like that's what gets you. Got to f- be careful about what you say. Yeah. Right? So he so, know, he he knows that of all people. So when you're saying that these guys are cheese, but the goaltender. You guys are cheese, bro. You should what you, you do. You look at a mirror and cry. Is that why you're cheese? <laughs> like fuck off. I'm sorry. Okay, to the kids there, I'm sorry, but that is a big fuck off moment. That's big. Like you need to. That is like if they're if that's something that they're actually mad about. That's me back in this to last episode. Grow the fuck up. Stop being. That's like that 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 kills our vibe. That's what that's what fifty nine point two percent of Leafs Nation right now that wants everything torn down and everything burnt on the you know on a cross right now. The reason that they want that is because that's that's what we're seeing is that like you guys have absolutely no right to be criticizing where this team is because as much as we hate Dubis, like he you're you're also part of the problem when you forced him to pay you that much money whether you like it or not like you become part you, you have no you have no say to to Leafs nation besides the people who love you no matter what which are tons of them out there <laughs> but you have no say to like old 40 plus year old Leafs nation when you're the reason why we're paying you know what well, we can't afford goaltenders what well, we can't afford you know d- defense i mean in in theirs and Dubis's defense, the cap wasn't supposed to be frozen because there nobody predicted there to be a global pandemic that was going to keep people out of arenas and freeze the cap for a couple of years. That is the only defense there is. It doesn't change the fact that they are a massive percentage of the cap regardless that would then increasingly go down, but it's still a huge percentage like Sidney Crosby level. So I, I get it. Um, the problem here is that these guys it's a mentality thing, right? Like, you know, the talents there, they all have it. They've all proved it last year. So how do you break them out of this mentality? Because people are saying fire Keefe, fire Dubas, because he didn't make enough change in the off season, which to a degree, I mean, he had Muzzin and Kerfoot and borderline Hull to, and Angval to deal with. And he dealt with none of them. You know, we brought in a bunch of people that are you know, lower contracts, but nobody that's going to make a huge impact besides on the goaltending side. But it's not like he had a choice there. We had literally no goaltender. So how do you, without putting it on Keefe, because honestly, I think like with his numbers as a coach, yes, he's, it's not overly difficult to coach the rocket Richard winner and three other guys that are, you know, almost just as talented, but like, his record still is what it is and he's owed at least I think a little more time to try to turn this team around I'm not saying give him the entire season if this is how things are going to go continually but like I'm still kind of on the fence but like I don't want to fire him tomorrow because I think Keith has been a great coach with this team I think he's made some questionable decisions in the last week or so I'm not going to deny that the bottom six and the defensive lineups and, you know, putting Kerfoot on the first line and putting Bunting on the third and keeping uh, Mete out, putting Hall in. Um, I don't know. There's a and keeping Clifford and Simmons in those games after um, Winnipeg. I don't, there's been some questionable coaching decisions that have nothing to do with with the general manager and nothing to do with injuries because the players are available. Like we know they were there. We know he was benching Abe Kubel and uh, Aston Reese and Mete and um, I mean, we brought in Crawl, who I think Philip Crawl had a good game, but 
He has some questionable moments, but I again, think, like uh, when, when think... you throw somebody in there, like you know, at the last minute, of course that that was going to happen, right? And <laughs> in a way, like for his the... first NHL yeah. game, I I think he did pretty good, mm-hmm. but. I don't think there was any reason to put somebody in for their first NHL game there. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I get he's trying to change things up, but you had success from what you had last year in the top six. I don't think it's as much about change. Maybe the second line, because I like Robertson there, but I think Kerfoot is starting to become the odd man out, and that's on Dubas to deal with, not Keefe. So while it's still within Keefe's control, he's got to figure out what to do with these guys. And uh, I don't think moving bunting off the first line is a bad thing but i do think that you know if these guys are going to emphasize how much keeping their friends on the team like you said about jack campbell Mm -hmm. like if they're going to emphasize like oh our guys have to stay on this team and they're going to put dubas in a stranglehold position like you've got bunting there fuck if it's gonna like i hate to give in to their their demands but you know if it's gonna make them play better like keep the trio together instead of putting Kerfoot up there and screwing with the entire top six. Yeah, I I just, in a perfect world, I would love to see William Elander up there in some capacity, but maybe, you know, if there, that's the thing is like, we we're looking at, let me, I'm sorry. I'm trying to fight my dog right now because she wants to come jump on my lap. (laughs) And I'm like, no, not today. But, uh, you know, Darty's got that that dog on him right now. And uh, so we're talking about Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. And one of my my biggest complaints right now is why they haven't split them up, okay? Again, there's plenty of reasons. And not, not a lot of them are good. And a lot of them are kind of pissy. <laughs> a lot of them are kind of cheap and, uh, you know, just make fun of them rather than actually be real reasons. But it's starting. it's going to piss a lot of people off, including myself, if we don't see Marner and Matthews at least – uh, moved off of that first line, not Matthews, but somebody, I don't know, <laughs> hell switched up. If, if we see that first line and it still says Marner center and Matthews, right. So, and, and we lose another game that is going another to, way pit, around, but yeah, that, so that is going to, that is going to piss off a ton of people that could actually get key fired. I think if, if he, he, there's, there's a, I don't know, but I'm telling you right now, Austin and Mitchie, you need to fucking win that next game. If you want to stay together on that first line, you need to win that next game. Because if Keefe does not switch you and and we lose, I, I can't. There's only so many. There's only th- so many things I can do for for Leafs Nation. You know, I've been I've been uh, I've been putting a lot of negativity out there. I've also been putting a lot of positivity out there. But eventually, you know, eventually, eventually, the Steve Simmons of the worlds are going to win. All right. So I'm telling you this right now, Matthews and Marner. Please, for the love of God, if you want to stay together, if you love your little romance, fucking win that next game and win it big. Because <laughs> because if they like. We're not firing the coach. It's very clear. Unless like we what we have two more days now before we hear any real news about anything. Because there's what next game's Wednesday or am I Wednesday? Yeah, yeah it's next game's Wednesday. So we have two more two more days. Yeah, they come back home. Two more days of, of all of this uh, piss and vinegar still simmering. You know, and uh, if you guys don't win that game and and you stay on that first line together, if everything else gets jumbled around like a bunch of puzzle pieces and you two are still on the same, still in the same position, I can guarantee that some like heads will roll. All right. So either, you know, as I told Mitch, be a man, do the right thing. If things are not working, you need to go. If the coach is too afraid to fucking move you because of something that you said, then you need to go to the coach and be like, look, I fucked up. Let me try something different. All right. Cause you obviously, obviously you want to be the man you want to, you want to run things, you know, maybe your dad called in. We all hear, we all hear the stories. I don't care. Cause you're probably about the same age as me. 
I'm telling you this right now. If things aren't working, you need to go to Sheldon Keefe and tell him, hey, I fucked up. Things are not things are not working. Let's get a different look. All right. No offense to anybody there, but from what we're seeing, you guys are refusing to switch switch your positions. And it's not like it's we're getting great results from it. Yeah, honestly, I'd say the thing that that we've run back the most is the top six. And it's the thing that has, I mean, the second line, JT and Willie have been good. JT's probably been the most consistent forward. We've basically turned William Nylander into Alex Kerfoot plus, right? Like, it's like the golden gun Alex Kerfoot. (laughs) Because anytime anytime someone fucks up, it's like, you know what? We're moving Mitchie to the third line. (laughs) <laughs> or just not Mitchie, Margaret. We're not really fucking. Will he's taking your spot? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you break your stick, Marner? All right, Nylander, you go on the Marlies. <laughs> no, but honestly, after what happened with the elite players not playing, like elite players comment in Arizona and Marner saying, nah, "I don't like that," and then this thing with him getting okay. And I'm sorry, Jonas of the Athletic, Jonas Siegel, with this whole article about Marner being benched. Being sat for one shift is not being benched. Can we get that out of the way, please? Like being demoted to the second line for a game is more significant than he sat for a shift. (gasps) Oh my gosh, Mitch Marner sat for a shift. What are we going to do? Like, of course he should have. Like he should have been put down on another line. But, you know, this guy keeps going to whoever above Keefe, I swear every time something happens with him and he manages to get out of it and Keefe apologizing to him. So I think they got to bite the bullet on this and just move Marner down to the second line, put Willie on the first, give him a wake up call because both of them, like it's, it's like you keep saying splitting up the two class clowns. It's two guys that are like picking each other for the group project and their group projects are shit. And it's not just one of them. And the teacher gave them another chance and said, okay, well, I'll let you guys be partners again, but the next one needs to be better. And guess what? It's not, it's not been better. It's been the same shit every time. Like and- they're taking shots. <laughs> they're getting a couple good looks, but it, it's like it, it totals to five minutes of 60. And you know what? So I'm, I remember on the, I, I made some random outlandish quip about uh, the, um, the Revolutionary War. Now, I'll tell you right now, that was a real life experience that I had. Not the Revolutionary War, but sitting in that stupid presentation on the Revolutionary War. Well, those two <laughs> kids that gave that presentation are now, uh, one of them is very high high ranking in the Canadian government, and the other one is very high ranking in some sort of engineering firm in Sudbury, all right? So even though they were absolute knuckleheads. <laughs> so even though they're absolute knuckleheads, and they gave the most brilliant yet stupid outlandish presentation on the revolutionary war I've ever had to sit through in my entire life. <laughs> They're both absolute, you know, beauties. They're doing really great for themselves. All right. My case in point is, is that at some point when things are not working out b- between you and your best friend, you keep, you know, you know, your dynamos, you know, your absolute legends. And yet, you know, you stuck together and things are just not seeming, you can't seem to crack that nutshell. Try, you know, Take the ownership to try something new, all right? Because obviously Keith can't do it anymore. You know, Paul Marner is uh, has called in too many times, and uh, that's it. Like you know, he's kind of got his hands tied. If you've <laughs> if you've made if you've made the coach and management um, your bitch, then eventually, I said you can go through so many coaches. That I said bring back Babcock. You want to know why? Because I was angry. I don't fucking want Babcock back, but I don't want these guys to win. 
you know, when it comes to being spoiled, rotten children. All right. That's why if in case anybody's wondering, difference is Babcock put Martyr on the second Babcock split up Matthews and Martyr and Babcock made Martyr feel uncomfortable. And sometimes, you know what? Not that I'm saying we should because he wasn't great about that. But like, I'm just saying it's a different approach. He was able to keep this kid under control. Sometimes you got to get out of your comfort zone. I'm not saying these kids are out of control. No, but sometimes you have to get out of your comfort zone. All right. Sometimes you have to you have to do something that's so crazy that all of a sudden it works. And guess what? We've learned that sometimes splitting people up for a short period of time and then bringing them back together again creates beautiful results because we have seen this before, right? You know, Tavares and Marner, Willie, Willie and uh, and Austin Matthews, right? Like this is not new to anybody. And even even benching Justin Hall, we got good games out of him when he came back. <laughs> As I keep hearing from Rick Rowley, shout out to Rick Rowley about how uh, Babcock uh, <laughs> was a healthy scratched Hall for an entire season. <laughs> so, you know, maybe there's some uh, something to that. But uh... are you serious? I didn't, that's well, I mean, c- to be fair, he was him and Dermot were still kind of trying to break their way into the lineup. And there yeah. were other people that uh, Lou had paid exorbitant amounts of money to that needed to play or else. Uh, why did we pay them? <laughs> Nikita Zaitsev. But look to bring to bring things back to like I said I I want to I want to shout out to Lollipop Land Leafs you know because I, there isn't really a name for it right there's there's they talk about Baghead Leafs or Steve Simmons Leafs but all you Leafs lovers who you know Mitch Marner can do no wrong Austin Matthews is sexy and so he can't do anything terrible or you know John Tavares has the best cereal on the planet and so you know he he can't suck at all I'm calling you guys Lollipop Leafs fans because you guys live in the in that world of uh, of you know, the Ringo star and, you know, cellophane trees and marmalades guys. All right. It's sometimes when the sky is falling, the sky is falling. These guys are really dogging it. And you, you know, you can't spoil a kid forever, right? Eventually you got to teach him a lesson. And as fans of this team, we, we have every right to boo when they suck. And case in point, um, I think it was in the second period. These guys, uh, pretty sure it was Riley Matthews and Marner where they all fell into each other. All right. You guys look foolish out there. Like, why you guys? Why you guys gotta be so foolish? You're almost as like that's like it's almost as bad as the Jays when uh, Springer and and Bichette hit each other, right? You guys are making rookie moves, rookie mistakes. We're, you you like, can't just sit- communicate. You guys, the communication has been off. They're not making passes. They're not telling each other where they are. That honestly, that is like the the icing on the cake of all the last six games. Is just they are not clicking. And Roscoe, it was three one. I didn't even realize it, but it's fucking three one. God damn it! These tropes—they're killing me. Stereotypes. All right. I love this Honestly, dog. By the they way, didn't but he's deserve, me. <laughs> they didn't deserve the overtime point. Like that was so frustrating. Okay, so let's let's move away from ragging on the Leafs for a sec. Actually, before we do, uh, one of the questions on Discord was from Inferno. Uh, tough loss, but how do you feel about Crawl? Honestly, loved him out there. We talked about Philip Crawl, uh, so I just want to throw this out there before we move on. Uh, I liked him I, considering it's his first NHL game. I think he was fantastic. I would love to see him in the lineup more, especially with uh, how others have been playing, which we will get to now. How? Did, so, okay. So Keith came out and said that they are hoping that Hall can find his game again. He's obviously not playing up to what they expect of him. Um, this weird goal that should have made the game four, three, uh, puck's going wide, it deflects off of Hall's foot, and it goes into the net. Though somehow the officials deemed that there was goaltender interference, even though the, 
regardless of the goaltender interference, there was no way Shalgren was stopping that because yeah. it was going past him and it was already behind him while it went off of Hall's foot. So that, was that Hall? is, I thought it was as a Leafs fan, I thought that, that's, I thought it I was, was Hall's foot. Was Hall, okay. But Camp was in, in the, the one in like getting, like screening his own goaltender. Was he not? Yeah. So I think it was Camp that pushed whoever it was um, on Anaheim into the goalie. And then uh, Shalgren was unable to see what was going on there. Mm-hmm. But regardless, the puck was not going towards the net. It was going away from the net mm-hmm. uh, as a centering pass that went through everyone. But Justin Hall's uh, lovely positioning behind his goalie with a wide open net sticks his foot in front of it. I could not <laughs> believe that. Like the position, instead of getting the guy out from in front of the net, like I just, I never understand where the Leafs defensive positioning uh, has landed in the last couple of games. Like it's just abysmal. So Hall deflects it into the net again. How the fuck <laughs> did this get called back? Like I understand that there was goaltender interference but regardless of it like isn't the whole thing did it affect him saving the goal no he wouldn't have stopped it like here's the here's the thing johnny like from from a fan perspective this is still garbage (laughs) you thought i was gonna be like oh we still got the point yes of course we still got the point but this was actually like one of those moments where i was kind of like if i can let them lose all right like yeah it sucks exactly they they didn't they should not have gotten that point because they should have blown they blew a lead they should have had to sit with blowing a lead and got no points out of it you i award you no points and may god have mercy on your soul but um (laughs) we're talking about um i don't want this to come back and haunt us as well not this game but the fact that like this has happened to us before these bullshit calls and i don't want anyone to start thinking oh well the leafs get it so you know like that's that's a bad call it was a bad call when when it burnt the leafs it's a bad call when it blessed the leafs I guess if you could call this a blessing, because we ended up having to play longer and see them fail more. But I don't want this to happen again. Brutal these turnover calls, and overtime from Willie. These calls never, they should never be happening. All right. This is, it's just, it's bogus. It's absolutely bogus. And it's embarrassing. It's, it's, it's an embarrassing way to win. And I'm glad we didn't win, but well, I'm not glad. I'm, I would be, I would have been glad if we won, but it's just like, it's, just, it's, it doesn't feel good winning this way. All right. It That's doesn't the feel thing. <laughs> Do you want to, do you want to win having blown a 3-1 lead, had the 4-3 goal called back on a bullshit review, and then go to overtime and barely win it and still give up a point to Anaheim? Like, are you kidding? Is that how we want to leave this West Coast road trip? I think like, if you're- there's no <coughs> way that the once that game had been blown from 3-1, there was no outcome that would have sat well with me. Win, win in overtime, lose or lose in overtime. Like, they had absolutely lost everyone with that and just a quick shout out to uh sky blue kelly cartel and luke man because we're kind of covering all your questions in this discussion are you waiting for my answer for me sorry yeah okay <laughs> no i'm okay so do you want to do you want to go to questions from twitter here because yeah have a bunch yeah let's go, let's go to questions okay so I mean, like, we can go over this game, but there's no point. It's for both of these games, the outcome was the same. The Leafs played like garbage. They tried to turn it on with a couple minutes left to, you know, prove that they're the tough guys on the yard and they can put their controller down for two periods. But it's not enough. Like, they, they got to wake up and realize that every game is going to be a competition. Like, it's, it's insane. But they got to wake up and, and, and remember that they have to want to wear the blue and white, all right? And re- that's regardless of what the fans say, all right? Because we're the Yankees. We are the Yankees. I know we don't have the fucking budget, but we are the Yankees. This is what you signed up for, all right? And this is what, what many people say. If you do well here, 
you get paid a lot of money not to be here. <laughs> but you also get paid a lot of money to be here, right? But that's why you wear the blue and white because this is the this is this is this is showtime, all right? And it sucks. But you're all grown men. You all get paid eleven million dollars. There are teachers out there barely cracking forty grand in this great province, striking, you know, just to just to make enough to barely scrape by. So if you guys are not playing your hearts out for your eleven million, then you nearly need to get a fucking reality check. I'm sorry, but I'm very anti-bourgeoisie. So <laughs> I'm I, I know I, you guys all love having sympathy for these guys. You know, oh, they gotta go play their Fortnite. They gotta go take do their little R and R. I'm sorry, but there I said there's this is this is reality. There are people out there in this great in this great province who can barely barely survive on their government <laughs> on their government jobs as teachers teaching our nation our great nation. And so if you want to sit there and expect sympathy from me because you're getting paid millions of dollars, you can't go play Fortnite. Then you can kiss my ass. All right. And that's not me trying to be a bad guy. That's me saying, hey, all right, you play a sport, you get paid lots of money, and we love you, but don't don't expect me to sit there and, ex- and ex- you know listen to you, bitch. Go out there, play a great game of hockey, do it for do it because you love it, do it for the fans, and you know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's this weird limbo between having the talent and exercising it every night. Like, look, you and I are the same age. What was the leaf team we grew up watching? I grew up watching Matt Sundin. I grew up watch, uh, watching Ty Domi. Hey, Wade Belak, uh, Ponikarovsky, uh, fucking Ty Domi, Vesa, Vesa <laughs> Antropov, Ponikarovsky, McKay, and what, so what was the whole deal with them? What were they nicknamed? They were all like, uh, you know, blue collar guys. A lot of them, right? Like, especially. No, it, dude, it was the Muskoka Seven. The Muskoka. <laughs> so the whole deal there, if you are, you know, new to Leaf fandom, was that these guys were all talented, but they were locked in for long term deals for a lot of money, and they got comfortable. And I mean, I know I'm kind of. Uh, this is a bit of reductionist history, but. I mean, to put it bluntly, a bunch of talented guys took a back seat and collected their paychecks because they were comfortable where they were. And I don't want to see this team fall into that same mentality. And through eight, nine games now, that's what it's looking like is they're comfortable. They know they're talented. They can turn it on and off whatever they want. And they think that that's just going to be on demand all season. But like, look, there's people that I sure to, to you guys, the regular season doesn't matter. If you still make the playoffs, it's all about that to you in your heads. Okay, there's 82 games of paying fans that buy jerseys every year and have been buying them since before you were born, before you were drafted, before you started playing for this team, before you scored your first goal with this team. Like, there are more people that you owe your effort to than just yourselves and the coach. You play for the Toronto Maple Leafs, the biggest fan base in hockey, like, Show some fucking effort. Like we stay up for 1030 puck drops for West Coast games to watch you guys play like you literally don't care. Like that's what hurts. That's why it is hard to watch this because there's no effort. What was fun last year was seeing Matthews dominate, seeing Marner and Bunting helping him out, setting him up for these absolute bullets, Mitch pulling off these crazy plays, the power kill, you know, like everything last year was fun to watch. This team does not look like they're having fun. They do not look like they want to win. They don't care about the game. They are just trying to get through their road trip until they get back. And I just, it's, as a fan, it is hard to watch. And I don't have an answer. I know all of you are looking for something here. 
whether it's fire the coach, fire the GM, I don't have an answer to this because the pieces are there. The like, look, look at the odds on paper before the season started. The Leafs should be in first place right now. There's no reason that they shouldn't be in first we place. We're at the bottom they should of have the swept Atlantic. This road trip. Anaheim sucks. <laughs> Anaheim sucks. San Jose sucks. And we are sitting at the bottom of the Atlantic with the Ottawa Senators who literally don't have their starting goalie. Like, sure, we don't either, but guess what? We have a 1B. So <laughs> We don't have their starting goalie either, right, Rajai? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so. um, I know we were said we were going to go to questions real quick. I'm just going to shout out the ones on Twitter that we've kind of, or on, on Discord here to our, uh, our hardcores before we move on. Uh, Sky Blue, LLN's impression of how the team is currently playing and what's lacking. I mean, we've that's what we've been talking about. Uh, we got Pickles. Why is Justin Hall still in the lineup? What will it take? For the Leafs' current play to change, why is Hall still in the lineup? I mean, now that we've seen what Philip Crawl can do, I hope that we start putting him and Mete back in. Uh, otherwise, it's just injuries that are keeping Hall in the lineup. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. We keep talking about that. I don't know. I think, and I think, um, I think Justin Hall's the Cali kind of guy. Cart- if he gets uh, a break, on. if sorry, if he gets a break and he takes some time and come and then comes back, I feel like that will actually like I don't think Hall is as bad as we are saying he is. I think this is the worst position to be for him. <laughs> and I I I do think there will if if this fucking team can figure it out, he may be a one you know, watch out for a, a Justin Hall redemption story because I know he's not fucking Jake Gardner, all right? He is not he he yeah, has look. made he has made foolish and boobish mistakes, but a lot of defensemen do all right it's not especially when you're probably as fucking stressed as he is right i will actually give more leeway to hall than marner because <laughs> for, for a lot of reasons i'm just i'm not, I'm not gonna i'm i'm not a huge justin hall fan i just i in this case the, it's apples to oranges yeah marner is a is a first line winger hall is somebody that on some teams would be a seventh defender some teams would be a second line like it depends on the team really but he's a guy who makes two million dollars who's going up against stars in the nhl so the, it's apples to oranges like you, the expectation of what hall is going to stop is a lot lower than what marner should be producing thank you <laughs> next slide so please. um just <laughs> yeah so next next question was from luke man uh we joke but we aren't really ready to be hurt again are we i mean we're hurt right now like what hurts is seeing this team play a heartless game like this is this is what sucks is leafs nation talking about firing dubas firing keith and having legitimate arguments for it that's what hurts right now is starting the season that was supposed to be better than last, which was the best ever. Like on paper, this team should be better and they have played like absolute shit. And, you know, as much as you can blame, Oh, we know we lost Matt Murray. Look, Shalgren has been exactly what we expected. He's not an NHL goalie. He's being pushed into the position that wraparound goal. That was brutal. Like you got to hold that corner, man. His foot was there, and he let it squeak under the pad. Those are the goals that you need to have back, especially when. But also, the team starts giving up. You a said lead that's on Hall. That's they... on Morgan Riley. He got fucking wrapped up by his guy, and he needs to fucking pay attention. All right, he was he he could have easily stopped that too, because because we're talking about Hall trying to stop that little wraparound goal. Morgan Riley was no. There. I'm talking about Shalgren. Uh, well, also Shalgren had his foot on the corner. He he had the puck. Like he he beat the puck to the corner and he let it squeak under his pad. Yes, everybody should have had it before then, but your last line of defense needs to be the thing that stops that. And an NHL caliber 
nightly backup goal, not nightly, but an NHL caliber backup goalie is not, you know, nine out of times going to let that in. Like that's, I'm going to give can't this, do that. I'm going to give this a chagrin though, because there was a lot of, if you watch that play, there's a lot of hubbub going on, a lot of noise. And I said, Morgan Riley got wrapped up by his guy. So I'm actually going to pin this one on Riley because he is the veteran in that situation. Not chagrin. I said, we expect a lot of chagrin. Yeah. He should know how, know how to do that. But actually that move, that move has got me so many goals in every single NHL game since before since before a lot of these listeners were born. All right, so it doesn't really work now, but back in the day, that little wrap round—that's how I used to score goals. All right, so it's it's the old Simpson tricks, tried and true. Right, Morgan Riley got wrapped up in his guy, and if he, as a veteran, he should he should have been there to to, to know that Shalgren wasn't like we're all we're all looking at it. Just said Shalgren's starting to panic now because the three one, you know, because 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 we all know what was going to happen. Right, he knows that this is going to be on him. Uh, I said, you, you, I know you have every right to say, I just, I'm going to blame the veterans on this one. They know better. All right. They, they need, they need to start trying a little bit harder. No, you're right. It's the same argument I made for Marner versus Hall. You expect more of the guys that are paid more and there's more responsibility put on. And like I've said in past episodes, they got to protect Shalgren. Like you shouldn't be letting a guy have this wide open wraparound, but Again, your last line of defense needs to have that, especially when they beat him there. Like Shalgren's <laughs> foot beat the puck there and it, it squeaked under his pad. Like that's just that's just an experience thing of like being able to hold the the post there. So it was just unfortunate. Um, it's been a lot of a lot of bad little mistakes, and that comes out of playing like shit. I mean, look, Power Kill got a goal finally. Um the first I think the first one of the season, uh Shorty. Matthews had that nice goal in the LA game. I mean, like there's been some flashes of like, look, you can still do it. It's just, they can't do it for 60 minutes and they can't look like they give a shit for 60 minutes. And that's, what's hard. So um, next we got some questions from our Twitter. Uh, What should we start with here? So I M F N who's uh, a bit of a darty type on Twitter, a bit of a hot taker, I'll say. Uh, how do I cheer for overpaid dipshits? Can we start there? <laughs> so how do you, like, this is this is the thing. Like, what I've just been talking about is it's hard to watch these guys that you know are capable of more and capable of entertaining hockey because, look, at the end of the day, we're hockey fans. What's almost as or maybe more important than the Leafs making uh, getting the points and making it through the the playoffs and getting out of the first round. What's just as important to all of us is having entertaining hockey to watch for 82 games through the months that precede that. And yeah, I agree with you. It's hard to cheer for them right now because they're not playing like the people who have invested time and money into watching them. So how do you cheer for them, Darty? How do you cheer for these guys? All right, you, you cheer in anger <laughs> but you also like this is a, i'm trying to talk, i'm trying to bring out the positivity here i did not hold back on my on my various said anti-bourgeoisie take to uh how i don't give a you know i don't give a rat's ass about these guys about these guys during their free time because you know they make millions of dollars while a lot of people here are working their asses off and we as i said we put on this show we make negative three money to do this all right we lose money putting this show on all right and why do we do it we do it for passion tm we do it for the love of the game the love of our team and you know just because we love all you guys now that's actually you know we obviously when we started the show we didn't really have fans we did it for that for for two types of love and now we do it for three we do it for you so why do you want to keep watching those millionaires keep doing doing their thing because at the end of the day those guys there's a reason they got paid that money all right 
They ain't politicians. They are hockey players. And so unlike politicians, they actually have a skill and they're really fucking good at it. And when they can finally show us that level of brilliance, and I know that they will, I I really, in my heart, in my deep in my fucking core, do I want to believe that these guys will finally pull through and show us? Because they have. We have seen not sparks of brilliance. We have seen fucking rainbows of brilliance, double rainbows of fucking brilliance from these from these young men. In fact, if we're looking for an answer as to why we are so upset, because there's a said lollipop land leafs are losing their shit at me, saying, why am I saying all these mean, mean things? It's because I know that they can fucking do better. And I don't care about how good they look. Visually, I care about what's deep inside of them, and I know they have it because we have seen it, and that's what pisses me off when they're not giving it to us because that's what you pay the 11, 12, 13, 14 million dollars for. You pay for that dog inside, you pay for that raw, pure talent. So, how do you continue to cheer for these Leafs? You cheer in hopes that these motherfuckers figure it out, that they finally pull the fucking, you know the lump of coal that is their hearts and turn it into a fucking diamond and go out there and light some fucking lamp. That's how you keep cheering for this team. All right. So that leads us beautifully into a question here from Mikey D Mikey, Mikey D underscore three nine two asks uh, if the Leafs go on another record setting month, whether that be November or December at the latest, would that quiet down the conversation of fire Keith slash trade a player? Personally, I think so. Like if you can find and solve the problem internally and without moving on from the coach or player. Um, I think that's kind of the end goal. Most of these things should have been worked out in the off season and through preseason. But, you know, for some reason in preseason, we don't play our start. Like, is it so hard to go through the preseason playing what you think you might have as your starting lineup when you're unsure of it and you need to test things out? Like, would it not have benefited them to have, like, you know, the first two lines and then try out things on the bottom two for that, like, eternity and a half of preseason instead of just throwing random people out there? I get that they were auditioning people to make the team, but, like, once you kind of know and you know who your top six is, like, put put them out there and see how everybody else performs under the minutes they're going to in the regular season, like... I just, what's the point of preseason if you aren't going to actually try things out? See, it's like Allen Iverson had a point when he was saying he was talking about practice because his friend died, all right? These lazy sacks of garbage have absolutely no excuses when they dog it during practice. They have no excuses when they don't show up or for whatever reason they're at charity events and this and that. I'm sorry. I love charities. But this is the season where we're... If we don't figure it out, nothing else matters. It's bye-bye. Everybody leaves. If they don't know that by now, like either they're really stupid or or they don't give a crap about this team, all right? Everybody on that team in management, Leafs Nation, should know that this is the year. Not the year to win the Stanley Cup. This is the year that this core either figures it out or everybody is gone. Because because the, the, why why do we have hashtag run it back? We had to actually run it back because we didn't decide to tear it down last year. All right, decisions will so, need to be made at the end of this year. Fun fact: this team, as we know it, will not be the same, especially if they keep playing like this. So these guys need to understand that too. That this is important. This year is do or die. Not for Stanley Cup. This year's if you don't make a good impression now, you may not be on this team, and you may not be like maybe that's maybe you don't want to be here, but. It's apparently, you know, when it comes to your legacy, because I know I'm going to go on a tangent here, Johnny, but we I have remember really the good, question. 
I, what was the question? What was the question? The question was just to, if you can kind of bring it back to it at the end, the question is, uh, does, would a solid comeback in November, or December change all this? Absolutely. I answer your question. Absolutely. That will absolutely change everything. We, it, five, even a five game win streak. You know, let's say a, a cup, even a three game yeah. win streak at this point would change, would change the narrative, right? We just, if I'm, if I'm, I want to give a shout out to Marty Silstrix. He's making a point that I've had difficulty making because Marty? I'm, not, I'm not a, uh, I'm not as great with my words. All right. I, I do have some big also, words. Also, can we I, just like, for a quick sec, we have shouted out Marty in I think the last like 15 episodes. <laughs> shout out, uh, go listen to Sports is Fun because we haven't added that to a lot of the shout outs for him. Uh, Marty Zilstra is a friend of the show from Vancouver who runs a sports podcast where he talks about all things Leafs as well as other sports, uh, baseball, basketball, everything. So uh, I, I don't know if he does basketball, actually. Fuck. I'm sorry. He'll Marty. talk a little bit, um, a little bit about everything if it's if it's relevant. I catch uh most episodes not all of them so i don't know if he has another ones but marty love you uh check out sports is fun and check out his music on spotify yeah. at marty Zilstra. featured by anyway, uh by thir- 31 32 thoughts uh um who was Hockey it it wasn't, Canada. it wasn't it wasn't Fridge. who was who's the guy who always does like now jeff merrick jeff merrick jeff uh, merrick Fr- he really did a huge shout out for marty Zilstra. so Talk about at tml fan and van uh, he, he made a really good point about how um toronto media is is it's pretty much run by a bunch of also rands, all right. And by that I mean a lot of people who either couldn't cut it out on the lease or couldn't, you know, re- never really got a chance to play for the lease. Like, because all all of all of NHS said we're the Yankees, right? We're the pinstripes. If, if anybody who's ever probably grown up would would love the opportunity to break the curse, right? They would love the opportunity to be the one who does it for Toronto. And if you're not, why the fuck would you want to support someone else who's going to go li- do something that you couldn't do, right? The city said the city is full of also rands. The city is full of people who just couldn't cut it. All right, and you know, if I don't remember, I don't remember my, what my point is anymore because we 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 uh, went off of it. But um, oh, these guys, these guys got to understand. Like when it comes to being on this team, when it comes to what this season means, like do you really want to be an also rand? Because I think if Nazem Kadri could have won that cup here, he actually would have probably preferred it. I, you know, he might not admit it, especially because I'm, I'm an idiot. But I know deep down, he probably he, he 100. It would have meant more to him to want it, want it here than with the Avalanche. Oh, for sure. All right, I said he might. Oh, be, for sure. He might, he might hear this and then go go live and say, "Oh, Darty's an idiot. Darty's, Darty's a liar. So Hoser didn't do anything. He didn't do anything with his life. All right, oh, who is Darty? But, but I know deep in his heart that he would have rather like anybody who is anybody would have rather done it for the Leafs if they could do it right. And the people who can't are the ones who bitch about it, bitch about the Leafs the most. Because they can't, they then they never will. So you guys on this team need to understand how important that is. Because when you're gone, when this, when the dust is settled, when all is said and done, there are there are Leafs out there, very few now who have won the cup, and very few, and, and and plenty who have never been there, who who will never see that see that glory day, and you know who deserve better from you. It, we're talking about like why this team is the. It is now officially at least the, the the articles are out there now. This is the most hated team in Leafs Nation. And it's not because they are bad. It's because they are so fucking good and they choose to be bad. This is a choice, all right. Whether you know you ha- these guys have to sit in a room and love each other enough to eventually figure this out, and they're not doing that because we know how talented they are. How how many times have to keep bringing this back, Johnny? We know how talented they are. That's why this is the most hated team because they're so fucking talented. They are so beyond anything that has come before them and they can't figure it out. They can't just get over it. So, they can't just like come together and fucking here, kill. 
<laughs> and there's more context to it than that. This is a Leafs nation that sat through teams tanking to build this team. Like, this isn't just, you know, these guys fell into our lap. Leafs nations sat through teams that should not have been good, that won games they should never have won, made playoffs they had no business being in. And it, the result of it, uh, from their absolute shit show seasons where they were trying to get Matthews and trying to get other high draft picks, uh, like we sat through all that. We watched these teams lose when they were bad and waiting for this. We waited for this. And still, we have the same outcome. That is what, like, as much as people can say, oh, you know, like, uh, like defend this, defend that. I get it. I get that the talent is there. The, the potential is there. It can all turn around tomorrow. But what people that haven't sat through all of this need to understand is that this is, like, a long time coming. And I know people that are much older than me, this is even longer coming. Like, this is, this is what people, this is the best team that has worn blue and white ever and they're playing very 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 much not like it and that's what's frustrating to all of us to further your point and it's it's i said okay. can can these guys not come said can these guys not sit in a room with borgia salming look at each other crack a fucking tear and say you know what maybe we need to get over ourselves maybe we need to get the fuck over it go out there and kick some fucking ass because you know there's a lot of people who can't be yeah. here to see this team win there's a lot of people who will never I said never get the chance to to relive the glory days of 67 all right how can you look in dave keon's eyes as a young sexy stud and 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 and, and look next to your buddies and say you know what i'm just going to keep bitching and complaining everything that was handed to me you know what i'm just going to start i'm just can't create more problems how can you look in that that man's eyes that man who had to deal with like all these guys had to deal with Ballard, had to deal with fucking Punch Imlac, or to deal with all the fucking shit and injuries and and whose you know, yearly salary is more than they made over their entire career. How can you sit there and 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 look, I said look around at your team of of very talented and spectacular individuals? Okay, I know I, I guess I'm lumping Hall in there. Sorry, fellas, but <laughs> very talented and spectacular individuals, and say you know what? I'm just gonna keep being mediocre because whatever. That's a, that 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 is why you are the most hated Leafs team. And if you can figure it out, if you can get that tear of man, one manly tear of fucking of joy and anger and fucking I'm gonna go out there and win this fucking game. We will love you forever, goddammit. Hell, I'm already over Kawhi Leonard. All right, he gave us that 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 miraculous thing that we call the uh, <laughs> that mayhem that that pandemonium downtown Toronto. You will be loved forever. You'll be Joe Carter. Joe Carter fucking, you know, puts his feet up and, and smokes stogies and is absolutely, you know, he, his, the ground that he walks on is worshipped. All right. Like these kids, I just wish they would understand. Like this is not winning the Stanley Cup for Columbus this is not winning the Stanley Cup for Tampa Bay. This is, this is the great, this is one of the greatest sports trophies, sports. Like this is the, the next to the, the Red Sox finally breaking the curse of, Babe fucking Ruth, one of the you know greatest athletes you know in history right now, whose records have barely been beaten except for by Shohei Otani this year. Like that is the least winning the Stanley Cup is actually the next fucking greatest thing, and they need to understand what a fucking privilege that is just to be 
in the talk to potentially be the next Stanley Cup winning team. Because we mean it when we say the Leafs are winning the Stanley Cup this year. It's not like we're talking about, you know, Ponikarovsky and saying, oh, the Leafs are going to get the Cup this year. You know, <laughs> talking about, you know, best of Toscala's Leafs. So we're talking about the Leafs with Austin fucking Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Nylander, John Tavares. Like, come on, boys. Come on, men. Figure exactly. it the fuck out. Okay, uh, let's wrap this up with our last two questions here. Maple Leaf fan, average NHL coach tenure, 2.4 years. Keefe's tenure, 2.8 years. Asterix uh, shortened seasons because of COVID. Mm. Are the players still buying what he's selling? Every coach's, uh, well, every coach's well eventually runs dry with the players. Struggling with this question myself. I uh, This is something that I've been struggling with too because... There's, I feel like coaches are always good for different situations, right? Like there's the coach that's good for developing players. There's the coach that's good for getting those developed players to, you know, all be cohesive as a team. And then there's the coach that brings them over the hump to, uh, to win the cup. Is that always the same person? No. Is it sometimes? Yes. Does Keefe have the potential to be the team that brings them over the hump and gets out of the first round? Yes. Is he necessarily? No. That's what I'm struggling with. Uh, I think these guys are starting to get comfortable, like I said. Uh, I don't know if that fire can be sparked within what they currently have. I think it's possible, but I just I don't want to see these guys be emboldened by being able to run a coach out of town uh, Again. and just bring somebody else in because exactly right. Like I just I don't want to give them that power that they are immovable and the coach is because they shouldn't feel that way because it's kind of part of the problem right now. Well, it's like, let's go back to Mitch. Meyer, right? I, I just let's don't know how you wake something else coaches. out of go these guys. It, sorry. sorry. I, uh, delay there. I didn't mean to skip no, over it. you. So let's talk about, if we're talking about coaches. We're going to talk about coach killer, Mitch Marner. All right. I hope he, I don't, I know he, I'm sure he doesn't love that title, but you know, I hear people call him Mr. Shambles or Shambly or Shamblington because you know the guy's always crying and making a hissy fit. And I I want to call him Caillou because he does seem like he's throwing a tantrum. The guy's a grown ass man though. I'm sure. <laughs> I, I you know I'm, I'm, I'm I say just mean things. Who's for? <laughs> I say mean things. I get angry, but at the end of the day, like you know, I need you, Mitch. I need you to be you know firing all cylinders. And I'm sorry. All right, I need you to be out there kicking ass. So we're talking about Mitch Marner and and we're talking about. Uh, um, Mike Babcock, right? Well, they're obviously like the guys. Obviously, we know Babcock's a dick, but you know he 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 does certain things. He did certain things to to get a rise out of out of you know his certain players, right? Like, why did he make Mitch Marner do the list just because he's an absolute asshole? I think the reason was is because he knows Mitch Marner is a cocky piece of shit. Sometimes, all right, he gets a little too hot and horny and thinks that he's better than everybody. We've, why do I think that? Because it's very fucking present now. All right, we, I see the way he, he he was yelling at Hall, which I you know I I would love to yell at Hall for making stupid moves. But when you're on a team with your own players, sometimes it's just it just seems really raw to be talking so dirty to a guy that's you're on your own team. I've been on teams where where people are assholes to each other, and those teams you usually don't win. All right, when when you're on teams with with people who are you know w- w- when you're playing the game and you're actually communicating well that's when you know that's when you know you're on a winning team all right and you might scrap with each other but it's it's the put the put downs and the the pissy tone and attitude that's where you start things start to get you know get bad and that's how you know you're on a team that's not not gonna not not gonna make it very far so we're talking about mitch marner in the past mitch marner in the present like i don't think mike bab just because that was a terrible thing to do but i think there was a there's still a hint of a reasoning behind it and so going forward why 
what did we learn from that situation there is that Mitch Marner needs to be more accountable. And I don't think there's anybody that can make Mitch Marner more accountable. I don't think if you get another coach in here, like you can bag skate accountability into Mitch Marner. All right. No, I can't. You can't. And that's, and that's my point. I know this was getting, I know I've been talking too long here, but it's like, I would love to have Barry Trotz. I would love to have, you, you know, John Tortorella. I'd love to have some, you know, some asshole just come in and, you know, get these guys on a military regiment. But that's just, it's so ideal that it's actually not realistic. I don't think that that's what will have any positive benefit to this team. It, in, a, in a perfect world, yes, that's, that, that makes sense. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna run them until, they're, until they're, they're, you know, there's no more fat on their bones and they've been, uh, you know, been puking in the, in, in, in the wastebasket on the side there. Like, no, like, that'd be great. But also, I don't think at this point, I think it's too little too late. What we need from these guys is for them to be their own fucking coaches, all right? Like, let's take a look at LeBron James. That guy had that guy won won uh, trophies with a coach that he put there on his own, you know. So, <laughs> I don't. I'm not saying these guys are LeBron James. What I am saying yeah. is sometimes it's not about the coach; it's the players themselves who need to be leaders on that team. And you need to have a, the players need to have a strict order. The players need to, you know, as much as Marner and Matthew. That's why I don't like Marner Matthews being on the, the the first line. If if the if their if their if their captain is on the second, right? I, I truly believe a captain should be on the first line. And if you're not, and if you're not going to have um, Tavares on that first line, then maybe give the captaincy to to Matthews. I don't know because there's said so we're going back to these players need to need to be their own coaches too. You need to have a, a, a you need to fix your chain of command. All right, and if you're if you're <laughs> Your captain's on the second line, but your star players on on the first line. I just I don't know. There's just something wonky about that. Call me crazy. I'm sure there's other teams that do it. I just right now, just that if we if we're looking for that level of accountability, like you need to you need to start things level things off better. I don't know. No, I I don't disagree. Like I mean, it's not like Sheldon Keefe won a Rocket Richard Trophy, right? Like, and I know one. I know that coaching and playing are different things, but like. There is a level of once you're a generational talent, there's kind of an uncoachable aspect to your game because they don't even understand what it is you do that takes you to that next level. So if you have that grasp of the game that very, very, very few do, you have to take some leadership over controlling how the rest of the team plays like LeBron does, right? So if that means giving Matthews the C just to enforce the fact that like, look, if you think that you know this game better than everyone else and you can turn off for 40 minutes and turn yourself back on for five, fine, here's more responsibility. Try to lead this whole team through 60 minutes the way that you play and see if that's what you want. Because honestly, I think like there needs to be some sort of leadership change here. And I'm not saying that JT isn't this is, yeah this is nothing against them, Tavares uh, this is absolutely nothing against Tavares no and it's it's nothing it's nothing against Tavares it's nothing against Keith it's just the fact that something's not working anymore like they need a change and I don't want that change to be trading somebody or firing anybody I want the change to come from within so this is honestly I know it sounds negative but it's the most positive uh solution that we can find to this problem and I, I mean, said, look, like, Torts, yeah. I, I understand like what you said about Torts. Sorry, I know I took a pause there, but go for it. Um, Torts has been able to turn a really underwhelming Philadelphia team last year, like fucking terrible is more like it uh, to be five, two and one through their first eight. 
And people can say, oh, you know, that's that's evidence that like coaching matters. I think coaching matters to a degree. But like when you have people like Matthews and Marner and even Tavares and Elander that are a form of generational talent that like here, here's my what I've figured out, at least in my own head about torts. If we're talking like NHL terms, uh, like Chell video game, say he has like an average of 85. So he can pull any players that are under that towards that 85. But if you're over that as your overall, he can't help you. And it's probably going to pull you down towards that 85. Mm -hmm. Like he can take bad player, not bad players, but lesser players in the NHL because they are still professional hockey players. He can take people and get more out of them. But people that already have a certain amount of talent, I don't think any level of coaching can pull that out of you. I think it's just like these guys have to figure it out for themselves and shout out to my dad of Ed's text uh, thinks the team needs a, a therapist. And honestly, I don't disagree anymore. Like if I got to come into the room and do some positive affirmations, you know, some, uh, some just uh, mindfulness training and maybe get people, you know, some breath training and get the guys holding hands and maybe go out for a beer, start a fight and, <laughs> you know, get the boys. Sometimes, sometimes a, a, a good fight at the Brunny is what gets everybody, everybody going. All right. And uh, anybody who knows that place doesn't exist anymore, but every, every town probably has one that, that local bar where there's, you know, if you happen to be standing outside at 2am, you know, you could set up a chair and crack open a beer, no fight's going to go on. Right. So I just, I think these guys I said, we got, they got to pull it from within. They got to figure it out. And they, that's when I, when, when I'm talking earlier about the run it back movement or myself saying that, no, this team doesn't need to change. We don't fire anything, anybody. We don't do anything. It's because what's the, you know, you're just giving, you're just giving the outside and the inside what they want, right? What we, what we, yeah. what we need is for these guys to smarten up and figure, find it, f- discover this within themselves. And I know they can because, you know, we're talking about Tortorella, right? And Tortorella is good when he's on the island of misfit toys, all right? When he has all exactly. these, when he's with a, a bunch of fucking knuckleheads, like isn't Tony D'Angelo on that team? Who's yeah, also he can take something himself? that shouldn't work and make it work. This these is something that should, should work. work exactly. And that's and that and that's where I'm coming with this is that like these guys should work. They don't need a coach to they they shouldn't need a coach to coach them. These guys should be uncoachable in the sense they should just fucking autopilot this and kick ass. That's they should. It's Austin Matthews, a generate, you know, a generational dynamo, Mitch Marner, the hometown dynamo, John Tavares, the hometown legend, and William Nylander, the beautiful fucking Swede who comes in here and and you know, whispers sweet nothings into our ears and scores goals, all right? You have oh, all of this <laughs> Real quick, real quick on Nylander. I watched the Anaheim feed on uh Bill of Sports. They called William Nylander literally every time he touched the puck, Michael, Michael Nylander. <laughs> not once, not once as an oopsie every single time as though Michael Nylander is still playing in the NHL. And I wonder if just that's just like a if if they actually know who Michael Nylander is because I don't know who the you know sometimes on these American uh, broadcasts they get guys who aren't who haven't really put paid attention to hockey at all or maybe someone put a, like a you know something wrong in the script there and they just had to keep reading the teleprompter wrong you know <laughs> yeah I think it's more that like the guys they pulled in to commentate the game haven't watched hockey since they the broadcast last owned the rights to the NHL and they figure the same guys are still. <laughs> The, the last time they watched hockey, they were still doing uh, fantasy hockey on uh, on paper and a chalkboard, right? So, 
Yeah. But no, to your point, they need to find it from within because we're not making trades. We're not firing anybody. Like, just to bring up our last question, Mike, the fanatic, you have one game between now and Friday. If heads don't roll between now and then, fire the fucking GM. This team isn't it. This core isn't it. Excuse me. Rotating the bottom six in and out of the lineup isn't going to cut it enough. I get the frustration. I just, what needs to come out of the bottom six isn't offense and it isn't uh, as much grit as it is just defending the top guys look what we've seen is the top guys are getting pushed around and as soon as the third and fourth lines come out there if those guys are still out there whoever sets foot on the ice that last hit matthews nylander Tavares, or marner you toss them to the ice to the boards i don't care if you take a penalty you hit them and say don't fucking touch them that is what they need from the third and fourth line and it's not a matter of you know like people it's not toughness it's not bringing in Simmons and Clifford every night you can still have these guys be offensive threats in between but what needs to happen is instead of these guys that need to be on the ice scoring doing this instead of the defensemen that need to be on the ice defending when these penalties get taken those third and fourth line guys need to be defending these top line stars and I'm sorry like I know this whole repeated sentiment around this team is oh they need grit and it's so much more finite than that it's 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 a idea of just do not push around our stars because you can bring the toughest guys in and Simmons can fight whoever starts going at Simmons but it's not about who's pushing Simmons and Clifford around it's about who's pushing Matthews and Marner around that's what needs to change is nobody's defending them they're getting pushed around out there they're not able to get their shots off and uh instead we've got you know a rotating lineup of people in the bottom that we can't figure out whether they're out there to score out there to defend like they just do a whole lot of nothing mm-hmm. and I, I just need them to need this is where it's coming back on Keith a bit is yes, he can't coach much more out of the top four, but what he can do is have a solid back six and a solid defensive lineup night in and night out that makes sense, that doesn't make mistakes, that has an identity, that has a mission and a goal, and they achieve it every night because that's all you need when you have the kind of offensive threat the Leafs have is just guys that are accomplishing their assignments every night. And I feel like there is no assignment for these guys. They go out there, they don't know what they're supposed to be doing. That is on Keefe. Mm-hmm. Do you have any more questions? Anyway. No, that's the end of our questions. And honestly, like I, we've basically been kind of beating the same drum for over an hour now. Um, with Mike, Mike was saying what, who, who, what heads need to roll, right? I, at this point, the fun thing that does need to happen before a head starts rolling is you need to have Shanahan talk to the public, not Dubis. Nobody wants to see pretty boy Dubis talk to the public, right? That's like, that's like Smithers talking to the public. I want to see Mr. Burns come down and, 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 eat some ass all right <laughs> yeah <laughs> i, I want to see Shanahan. him say look because at this point people aren't calling for dubas to make a move as much as they are for shanahan to make a move with dubas and keith so i need him to come down and say like look i understand everybody's frustrated like i, I get what you're saying mm-hmm. i just i don't see a reason to fire dubas and keith right now because like i said they're not the only problem and i don't think from everything we have discussed here i I don't think changing that's going to change anything. It might actually probably destroy no. the morale. It might actually be what actually takes this team completely apart. And besides, these guys—if this doesn't work out, these guys are gone next year anyways, right? So we already—we already know yeah. that. We already know it's a given. We already know if—if—if if, if it's all doom and gloom, if it's all hell and fire and brimstone, they're gone anyways. All right. So why not figure it out now? Why not give these sons of—we've waited so long. These sons of bitches think that they know it. 
Let them figure it out. Let them finish it, finish it out. Let the fat lady sing. And we'll see where we are, I guess, at the end of November, December, hell, at the end of April. I, I said on the last podcast, right? Like maybe, you know, we have this, we come back in November and it's absolutely lights out. And then we can just sit here and uh, say, hey, we, we're, we're absolute fools. And uh, all, all you lollipop, all, lollipop Leafs fans, you're all right. And we're just a bunch of big meanies. <laughs> So here's why November is important important for the Leafs. So we've talked about how they played down to opponents. The last few opponents they've had, Anaheim, San Jose, uh, the Senators, Coyotes, Canadians, Red Wings. Like it's been, I'm sorry, Red Wings was preseason. But you get what I mean. Looking ahead, we've got next up, Torts and the Flyers, the Bruins and Hurricanes in a back-to-back Saturday and Sunday. That's brutal. Then the Golden Knights and the Penguins, like the next five games for the Leafs are tough opponents that are all already in the top of the standings in their division. So like this is where it's really going to matter is do they wake up against teams that challenge them? Do they try to prove themselves against the stars of, you know, Crosby and uh, Zibanejad and Kako and Lafreniere and, and, you know, the, um, Rangers when they face them. Sorry, what am I talking about? They're not play- I didn't even list the Rangers there. Fuck. Bruins and Hurricanes. <laughs> Were you thinking of so, David Amber? Because I know that guy loves the Rangers. <laughs> I'm no, I'm just still regardless regardless of how um concise I've been with my ranting over the last little bit, I am still quite drunk. So apologies. Bruins and Hurricanes. We've got two really hard teams back to back on the weekend. That's like that's the test. Look, if they come out of of these next five games with like even th- ugh, let's say three, one and one, I'll be happy. Like anything other than, than that. Okay. My Maybe only concern is that it will still be a huge, but like, look, they got to win. Sorry. I jumped over there. My only concern is that it will still be a huge piss off if they blow out these fucking teams, because then where the fuck was that? <laughs> exactly exactly (laughs) like it it's almost they've set themselves up for a lose-lose at this point where it's like if you win everyone's gonna say where the fuck was that and if you lose it's gonna be like you are who we think you are (laughs) i think the best thing they can do is like i'm not expecting them to win a back-to-back against the bruins and hurricanes with a home and away where they have to travel after playing the bruins on a saturday night over to carolina that's not fun especially because they how stupid is this scheduling they pay play the bruins saturday night at seven then they have to travel to play in carolina for 5 p.m on sunday that's less less than like 16 hours between the end of the last game and like reporting to the arena for the next game with travel in between that's stupid let's put an so asterisk on those I'm two games that that's if gonna they, be a rough weekend if they lose those two games but it's a fair fight I will, I'll consider that a scratch. Okay. I don't want to start any firing so-and-so rants or cause you gotta, you gotta give the guys a break there. Like that's pretty messed up. That's not, that's not fair, but if, yeah, if but it's between ab- Wednesday to Saturday yeah. <laughs> into the Bruins game, Wednesday to Saturday, you have that break. You got to come out strong against the Bruins, the hurricanes. I'm less worried about because that is literally like top team in the Metro, regardless of what the standings say right now. Oh, actually I think they are in first. In the Do they still now, have but... Dougie Hamilton? Like, is he healthy? Cause that guy's, that guy's always a stud in my I, I'm a huge Dougie Hamilton stand, all right? That's I no, wish he sure I hurt. wish I wish he played for the Leafs. 
well, healthy. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to talk about what could have been. Um, so I'm hoping Flyers is a W. Bruins is going to be a tough game. Take the L against the Hurricanes and rest up for Tuesday against the Golden Knights. Uh, because honestly, like we got to take the Golden Knights down in this rematch. And then mm-hmm. it's into the Penguins, Canucks, and then Penguins again. Like this is not a fun month for the Leafs at we all. Could, we got to play could... <laughs> the Penguins three. They play the Penguins three times in November. 11th, 15th, and 25th. 26th, sorry. And they also have multiple back-to-backs this month. Like, this is not going to be a fun month, but if this team thinks they're going to fall asleep against bad teams and wake up against good ones, this is the month to prove it. So I've got my uh, my bets down on if you're going to wake up, now's the time. And the Penguins are, are off to a good start, are they not? Or I haven't really been paying attention. I feel like I, I just assume Sidney Crosby's still in the league, so he's got to be doing good, right? Or no? They are same record as the Leafs, uh, four four and one. Um, uh, I don't know. They're yeah, they're okay. <laughs> okay, but again, they're a veteran team. They've been there before, so you know people are out here talking records and saying, "Oh, you know, Colorado has this record, and you know Tampa has this record." So you know, why are we giving a shit to the Leafs? They've won. These guys have all won something. All right, they've all been there. They've all been in the promised land. The Leafs have been to. Zero. <laughs> they have done nothing. All right. So do not yeah. think, don't think that that argument makes anybody feel any better. If it makes you sleep at night, I'm glad it does, but it doesn't make me, uh, it doesn't, you know, that don't impress me much. All right. Thank you, Shania no. Twain. <laughs> all right. So just as we sign off here, a quick update on the standings. Uh, Central Stars are in first place, tied with the Jets, followed closely by the Blackhawks. Who would have guessed? That is the top three. Pacific, we got Golden Knights, Oilers, Kings. Uh, Golden Knights with a solid lead of four points. With si- They're eight and two. Jesus. Uh, and then in the East, we got Bruins with eight and one for leading first place, followed by the Sabres and Panthers. And then uh, Hurricanes with 13, one point ahead of the Devils and Rangers. It is a really tight race in the Metro. Has and, there ever uh, been the a Leafs trade where are both currently teams... sitting tied for fourth with four teams? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, but I have a horrendous delay. So I know if this comes off, uh, I'm not just trying to jump on, uh, on, on Johnny here. So is, has there ever been a trade that has been advantageous for both teams where both teams ended up being clear winners? Like, you know, cause look at, look at, look at the Sabres, look at Vegas, like golly gee. <laughs> Yeah, the Sabres-Vegas trade has seemed to work out. I mean, Jack Eichel going to the Golden Knights um, has obviously a W because there's no way you lose gaining Jack Eichel. But, I mean, the Sabres have really turned things around. Um, I know it's always been a struggle with them trying to build around somebody. And it's not that Jack Eichel was bad. It's just he's maybe not the right fit there. And the the um, relationship soured pretty early. I mean, from literally the day he was picked. Um, I, I'm just glad it, it's working out that way. The one that's really intrigued me, though, is between the Flames and um, uh, uh, the Florida Panthers, because mm-hmm. the Panthers are currently sitting at five and three and the Flames are sitting at five and two. So I think that one's going to shape up to be between the, the Huberto Uyghur Kachuk trade. That one might also be uh, kind of a wash between who won it. Uh, I think... Uyghur was maybe a little oversold in his value in that trade. I drafted him in fantasy and I'm like, oh, maybe that was a mistake. 
Um, but I think regardless, Kachuk for Huberto is a fair, fair yeah. deal. Yeah. We're an hour it's, and 20 it's minutes weird. In. Like usually it's, I know, fuck, sorry guys. But yeah, I think that's a good point. Like usually when there's a big trade like that, there's a clear winner or not, maybe not a clear winner and loser, but uh, usually at least one person wins now and one person wins later. Mm-hmm. But right now it seems like between these four teams, it's like it was beneficial all around. Yeah. The same cannot be said, however, for the Columbus Blue Jackets and Winnipeg Jets in their line a dubois deal that one still i uh, i cannot tell who won that <laughs> I, I think columbus but like my god sometimes it's just you know two bad eggs okay. right you still get a bad egg on either side yeah unfortunately uh i have patrick line on fantasy as well i'm not having a good start to fantasy this season i'm having a great <laughs> we'll start i Let's... didn't even pick my guys I, I this is the first time i just i just forgotten it auto drafted and all of a sudden i'm at the top with with a clear lead and like i don't think it, like oh, I, i'm like the leafs right now i don't really have any tendies to be honest but i'm just smoking everybody so who knows who knows but I, you know any, which league happen, are you right? in i'm in i'm in steph's free league all right but it's it's the free one which yeah. team is you i i am are you the, uh, the bay bay I'm, street benders champion yeah <laughs> yeah i'm in ninth so uh <laughs> sick well because i okay here here's how unlucky i am in the season and then we'll sign off i picked jordan Cairo. they lose five to one and he's a minus three i picked victor olafson today off waivers Buffalo wins eight to three over Detroit. No goals, no assists for Victor Olofsson, who's on the first goddamn line. Are you joking? How? (laughs) (laughs) Justin Falk also loses 5-1 because I doubled down on dumb St. Louis, who were like fantasy darlings last year, and this year they suck. So yeah, I I haven't been having a good start to this. I feel like all the guys I picked will heat up eventually, but it's just they're not good right now. Anyway, um, we're taking up time. Good night, everybody. We'll be back on uh, Wednesday when the Leafs take on the Philadelphia Flyers, which should be an interesting game because torts. You know, because torts. (laughs) Torts, there it is. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. Should I be worried about Marner's dad blowing up my DMs? (laughs) Oh, also, uh, who was it that we shouted out before? Nas? Oh, yeah, Nas. Thanks for listening to the show, man. Appreciate it.